Are you aware that people are trying to get you to do what they do all the time? That's why I want you here. I want you to do what I do. We're being discipled on all fronts all the time. People are constantly trying to press us into their image. The Bible warns us, be not conformed to this world. We cannot be pressed into the shape of of the world that we live in, but we are being discipled. We are being mentored on all sides. We also live in a world of fools. I don't say that to be funny. There's no humor in it. It's a biblical fact. We live in a world of fools that is constantly trying to press us into their shape, into their image, being discipled and mentored on all sides. What we have to be able to do is step away from all of that pressure and find what God wants us to do. We're too familiar with the adage, life is short. How many of you have already come to realize that life is short? It goes awful fast. Not only is life short, life is complex. If I combine those two realities, I realize I have no time to waste. I have to do the right thing all the time. I have to make the right decision. I have to understand right from wrong. I have some intuition. I have some experience, though it may be more limited in other areas than it is in some. I know the rules, but I need more than that. I need something that fills in the gaps. In a world of fools that is constantly trying to conform me into their image, pressure me into their shape, mentor and disciple me, I need something more. Here in Proverbs chapter 1, I'm going to read just a few verses in here, and what we're going to find this morning is something that is a scriptural mandate. This is a non-negotiable. This is not something that is up for debate. Really, at the end of our study, there will be no question as to what we should do. Here in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. This is simply an introduction. This is a collection of Proverbs from the wisest man that ever lived, endued from wisdom, with wisdom from God. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these have been kept for us to read. These are his Proverbs. Verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let me just simply say it one more time. We live in a world of fools who are pressuring us, discipling us, mentoring us, trying to conform us into their image. If we are ever going to walk wisely in a world of fools, we have to be equipped to accomplish that. We are arriving this morning at a very basic passage of Scripture where Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, is trying to help us. He is giving us a roadmap to successfully navigate life. Here's what he writes in Proverbs 2, in verse 4, speaking of wisdom. 
If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, in effect you will find her. Wisdom requires effort, work. He writes this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Here's how you can arrive at a destination that everybody you know and I know is attempting to arrive at happiness. Happy is the man or the woman that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She that is wisdom is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Solomon is elevating wisdom. He is elevating understanding. He is desperate for us to arrive at the conclusion that he has arrived at. Happiness in life is not amassing more wealth, though our minds tell us that is the case. Happiness, success in life is not merely a scholarship degree that hangs on the wall. It is genuinely biblical wisdom. And if you want wisdom that fills in the blanks, if you want wisdom that helps you through the nuances of life, that has lived in a world of fools, you find it in Scripture. Sometimes when we think of biblical wisdom, we think it's mandating that we live a boring life. Now, largely it is. I'm a pastor. I'm not allowed to do anything fun. If it's fun, somebody just points to the Bible, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't do that. When we think of biblical wisdom, sometimes we think of this stuff that's way up there. It's all of these theological dissertations that we have to immerse ourselves in and understand. Let me help you grasp this simplistic thought. The wisdom of God is available for all of us. It does not demand boredom. It does not dictate isolation. It does not require some degree in foreign ancient languages. It's here for us to access. One writer said this, The wisdom of God does not stand aloof as if it were too good for us. Wisdom graciously moves towards us into our real world where we live and struggle day by day. It offers us the very best. He concluded by writing, if we will only listen, with the overwhelming flood of information and opinion in our times, much of it a mixture of spin, sound bites, and trivialities, it is a relief to turn back to the Bible. The Bible truly does equip us for day-to-day life. This book of Proverbs is in effect a book of sound bites. Biblical wisdom, many words, boil down to a few words to help us understand discernment, instruction. If I were to boil down wisdom in the New Testament for individuals like us, I would simply point to Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the believers in Ephesus, said this in Ephesians 1, speaking of Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood, The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. God's grace is smart grace. Speaking of Jesus, Paul wrote to the believers at Colossae, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom, then, is not intuition that I develop from some education. It is not experience that I merely pick up along the way. It is emulation of submission to Jesus Christ. The beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. It begins with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm talking to a room full of what I would consider probably veteran-savvy people. 
People who are here in this setting because they desire at some level to honor God with their life. I know that life is complex and you and I are reflections of the complexity of life. There are employers in this room. There are employees in this room. There are kids certainly in this room. There are moms. There are dads. There are grandparents in this room. There are people at all stages of life, all seasons of life, and not one of us can fully comprehend all that is going on nor how to navigate it. We must arrive here in Scripture to grasp it. That's why it is here. I'll begin by telling you the purpose of Proverbs. I say that only because it is in the first verse, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, though I think this is emblematic of all Scripture. This is not a deep thought, nor is it merely a devotional thought. It is a simple thought to push us back towards Scripture. Why Proverbs? Why return to the instruction of the Bible? Most of the people that we encounter in life will say something along these lines. Live and learn. Yet the Scripture, and particularly here in the book of Proverbs, what Solomon is saying to us is learn and then live. Here is why the scripture is there for you. He says first in verse 2, to know wisdom. I have given you the word of God. These proverbs are amassed to give you wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom, if I were to try to define it for you, would be the ability to make the right decision for the right reason at the right time consistently. There isn't a person here that does not hunger for that. To make the right decision for the right reason at the right time. How can I get there? How can I live through all the nuances of life? Life is made up of relationship. Life is made up of conversation. There's all different kinds of context, seasons of life. How do I do it? Wisdom. The wisdom that only comes from God. Jude said this in the New Testament to the only wise God, our Savior. James said this in in prayer, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. We can ask God for wisdom and then I would say to you very plainly, God has already given us wisdom in written revelation, Psalm 19 verse 7. David is writing and he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The written word of God imparts the ability for us to make the right decision for the right reason at the right time. Simple. In the beginning of the new year, I think most people focus on resolutions, decisions, tackling something new. Many people invest themselves in reading the Word of God. I believe, largely, the impotence of the church the passionless nature of the individuals who make up the church body, the fatigue, the depression, the lack of happiness, genuinely abiding joy that that is not present is because people are not in the word. You say, that's too simple. I can over and again, as I press through scripture, point you to the reality that without immersing our lives in the scriptures... We're destined for failure. 
We're doomed. And yet people, veteran Christian people, decades long Christian people, people who would gather in a room like this have no consciousness of the word of God whatsoever. In fact, they want to know things that are deeply hidden within, things that are speculative, but they do not have their lives ruled by the word of God. Here Solomon is saying, I am telling you how to develop wisdom. Get in the written word of God, not only to know wisdom, but to know instruction. This word instruction carries the idea with it of parental discipline. One commentator said the word that is used in this verse for instruction refers to gaining knowledge based not only on hearing the truth, but on learning from the mistakes of others. I have to tell you, you're not born wise. I don't care how smart you think you are. You are not born wise. The reality is we get into wisdom the hard way. Either we put the work in and we gain it from Scripture or we're disciplined and chastened by the Lord. It's humiliating. It's hard to admit we're wrong, but we make progress in wisdom to the extent that we are teachable. That is something that we fade in the older that we get. Teachableness. I am now 46 years old. It's 2023. That means I was born in 1976. That's way back in the last century. When I began pastoring, I was 27 years old. I had incredibly limited experience in pastoring. In fact, it was zero days as a pastor. Next month, I will be 19 years into pastoring. I have gained a lot of intuition. I have gained a lot of experience. It has been very hard earned at times. But I still don't know what I'm doing. The first day that I was husband to Christy, I knew absolutely nothing about being a husband. It was the first 24 hours that I was ever a husband in all of my life. And I was an idiot. Now I'm closing in on 25 years of husbandry. Is that, I think that's working at a vineyard. I don't know. The first time that I held my daughter, I didn't know how to be a dad. I'm closing in on 21 years of fatherhood. I still don't know that I have it figured out. What I'm driving at is this is a reality. The older that we get, the more we shed our teachable nature. We seem to, for some reason, believe that we have everything figured out. Now that I've pastored for almost 19 years, there's nothing left to teach me. Now that I've been a husband for almost 25 years... What's left to learn? Now that I've been a dad for almost 21 years, I guess I have it all figured out. When we shed the ability to be taught, we are destined for destruction and we are doomed for failure. And I don't merely mean we need an education. I mean we must remain submissive to the word of God and always open to learning what God has to show us. Fact is, even though I've pastored for 19 years, I don't know how to pastor a church from year 19 to year 39. Though I've been a dad for 21 years, I don't know how to be dad to a 21-year-old. 
Though I've been married for almost 25 years, I don't know how to be husband to an aging wife. I'm just being honest. I don't know how does that look as she increases in age. Limited mobility. Lessened cognizance. I don't know how to deal with that. I stay the same, she changes. What I'm driving at is the simple things that we overlook. We get beyond what God wants us to understand. Solomon is pleading with us. He's begging us. The Holy Spirit inspired the scripture. He's reasoning with us and he is saying to us, if you will just get in the word of God, I'm telling you, you will have what you need to perceive, he says, the words of understanding. That word perceive means to distinguish between good and evil, right from wrong, honor from dishonor. We lack perception. We lack the depth of it. We don't know what to do, where to go, but the word of God does to receive the instruction in wise behavior. What does wise behavior look like? He throws these words at us. Justice, judgment, equity. That's what wise behavior looks like. In fact, verse 3 is written as the learner is saying it. I've got to take something in in order to adapt my life. What is it that I take in? James in the New Testament says this, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Humility is required. Openness is necessitated. The radical infusion of the wisdom of Scripture demonstrated in practical life. It requires humility. How many of you like to be told what to do? Not one person. All of us intuitively rebel against instruction. In fact, since Christy's on the chopping block today, two words that I despise that my wife says to me, two words that I hate when she says them to me. You know what they are? It's green. It's green. She's telling me that the light is no longer red, that now it is green. What I hear is, hey, idiot, you may go now. Hey, guy who's spaced out, it's green. And you think to yourself, does it really bother you? Oddest thing happens to me. It has a physiological effect. Heat goes from my belly up into my shoulders and into my neck. And there are times I have to decisively keep my mouth shut when she just says, it's green. I know that it's green. I can discern between colors. I'm going to sit down right now and take a test. You test, I'll test. We'll see who's the smartest. I know what green is. Intuitively, I do not like to receive instruction because in a way, it is informing me that I don't know everything. Here is what Solomon is pleading with us on. You have to stay open. You have to stay humble. And you have to be willing to admit you need to receive this instruction. He says it more plainly in verse 4. To give subtlety to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. Subtlety is the idea of critical thinking. The simple is naive, gullible person. 
Nobody likes to see themselves as not having everything figured out. You don't have it all figured out. Someone here this morning is actually the smartest person in the room. Who, who is the smartest person in the room? Me? That's terrible. I hope not. We're in a bad world if I'm the smartest person. In the first service, somebody really raised their hand. Said, All right. Who's the most humble person or same person? Raise their hand. <laughs> now, here's the fact. Somebody here is the smartest person in the room. I don't know who it is, but somebody's got that title. Somebody here is the most financially capable person in the room. That somebody in here has just got more than everybody else. Somebody is at that level. Let me help you grasp something about the person who may be the smartest in the sense of most educated in the room or the person who is the most financially capable in the room. They are utterly naive and gullible and simple when it comes to the spiritual things and the nuances of life just like the rest of us. The smartest person in the room is not the person who has the highest degree. The smartest person in the room is the individual who is most submissive to Scripture. Nobody likes to be told they're simple. Nobody likes to be told they're naive. Nobody likes to be told they are gullible, but we desperately need this discretion. To the young man. You say, well, that one excludes me. I'm anything but a young man. In the scripture, to be young does not just mean to be someone who must grow old. It's indicative of somebody who has to grow up. Somebody who has to grow into maturity. All of us need to return to the Bible. Sometimes I'll hear or I'll see or somebody will send me some heretical doctrine that is being taught. At points, it's almost laughable what is being produced and discussed. And then I'll look and see a full auditorium of people. And I'll think to myself, how can people be so naive and gullible? Because we all are. We must have the scriptures. You say, Pastor, this is junior church level devotional. This is so elementary. How can you take a Sunday morning to press us all to return to the word of God? Because we live in a world of fools. And if we are ever going to walk wisely in a world of fools, if we're ever going to be able to put up a battle against being conformed into the image of this world, it will only be as we immerse ourselves in Scripture. That is why expositional preaching must remain the backbone of the church. Not because it secures my post, but because if we don't come in here and edify the saints by the Word of God, what is the point? I know people gather and they think to themselves, you got to entertain us you got to unearth something new. You have to dip off, delve into speculation to hold my interest. And sometimes what we have to be willing to do at the start of a new year is to begin again at the basic fact that we all have to get into the Word of God. Immerse ourselves in it. By the time we get to verse 5, Solomon's going to get really practical. He tells us about the plan of a wise person when he says this, A wise man will hear. And will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. How desperately do we want wisdom? Well, he says a wise man will hear. 
Wise people have teachable spirits. They want to improve. They want to learn. They realize lessons can be learned even from the most unlikely of teachers. Wise people aren't smug. They're not satisfied. They are pressing on. In fact, the older that we become, the more wise we become in Scripture, the more we realize we don't know it all. We don't have to live life in a vacuum. We don't have to make the decisions of life without any outside help. We have the written word of God, but we not only have the written word of God, we don't have to plunge headlong and thoughtlessly into every decision in life. We can have wise counsel given to us. Again, I know I'm speaking to people on all areas of of the spectrum of life. Listen, if you're an employee or an employer, a dad, a mom, a kid, a grandparent, whatever it may be, the nuances of life can twist you, can mess you up. You desperately need the counsel of the word of God and the wise counsel of others. I hate unsolicited advice. I hate it. When I was younger, I used to get a lot of it. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should do this. And I really despise unsolicited advice. So do you. I mean, I'm standing up here for 30 minutes telling you what you should do, and you show up. Maybe you don't hate it as much as I do. People will tell us what we should do, and and we get so defensive. We we navigate life kind of with blinders on. Let me help you grasp the reality that there are people in this world that can help you. If you would get to the place where you started asking questions instead of just always making statements. If you acknowledged that you did not have all the answers all the time, you didn't have to really just go through it on your own. If you turned to Scripture and invested in the wise counsel of others, you could begin to walk wisely in a world of fools. Those who are wise recognize that they need the wisdom of others to help them and to guide them. He says in verse 6, something interesting to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Dark sayings. In other words, if we want to figure out the riddles that life will bring us, some innocent and some far more serious, we've got to understand the scriptures. We can picture the scriptures in this way, walking up to a circle of individuals, powerful people, intelligent people, wise people listening in on their conversation and gleaning from them bits and nuggets of wisdom and then living life in accordance with that. When you desire wisdom and you're willing to pursue it and practice it, you get it. Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. No doubt you've made a decision in your life that you regret. I have no doubt about that. I've made a mountain of regrettable decisions. People have scars, bruises, just from living life. I'd venture to say if you just took a look back over the last week, maybe stretch it out to a month, go back to last year, you were engaged 
in some really stressful situations. In fact, you didn't always relationally handle things well. You did not always behave yourself in a God-honoring way. I'd venture to say somebody in here lost their temper last year. I'd venture to say somewhere somebody said something dumber than I did about my aging wife. Somebody said something even dumber than that. I'd venture to say that you made a bad decision. Maybe it was financial. Perhaps it was spiritual. I know this. All of us are prone to failure all the time. And I am telling you, there is a surefire way to navigate life wisely, even in a world of fools, and it is to humbly immerse ourselves in Scripture, and then with submission, simply obey it. To emulate Jesus Christ is to navigate life with smart grace. I'm telling you that relationships are recoverable. That bad decisions can be redeemed if we would again immerse ourselves in what God has told us to do. And it takes work. If I were to tell you there were silver or there was gold hidden somewhere and then gave you a map to find it, you would immediately undertake your journey to get after it. But countless numbers of people will leave the word of God and refuse to re-enter it looking for that wisdom. Do you have a teachable spirit? Or are you smug and satisfied with where you are? Do you seek counsel and advice from others? Or do you imagine you're the only one that can do anything right and every decision is made in a vacuum? Are you humble? The Bible is how we walk wisely in a world of fools. Do you want it? Because the fact is, you aren't there just yet. Would you please bow your heads, close your eyes just for a moment. Thanks for listening this week to the Graceway Baptist Church Podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, head on over to our website at gracewaycharlotte.org. We are a church located in South Charlotte. We are growing and our ministries are doing big things for Christ. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at info at gracewaycharlotte.org. Also, stay in the loop with everything happening by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Graceway Charlotte. Thanks again for listening to the Graceway Charlotte podcast. We'll see you next week.